It's time to wake up, witches. I'm your host, Kat Adams, and I'm here to remind you that no matter where you're at in life, you're not stuck. again and welcome back to the show. I am all sorts of frazzled today, not gonna lie, because last week was my first week at the, not at the new job. I didn't start somewhere else. It's in my new role and it kicked my ass. It is such a shift for me that, yeah, having a hard time, um, finding my rhythm. But when I find my rhythm, hopefully things will go smoother and I can get back on track. Cause yeah, I mean, my energy was just not where it should be. It was, yeah, it was rough. But anyways, we're not here to talk about me today. Today we're going to talk about, it's actually the first episode we're starting on the book, Why Does He Do That? Inside the Minds of Angry and Controlling Men by Lundy Bancroft. And I know you've heard me talk about this plenty of times. This is one of my favorite books to recommend if you are trying to understand what's going on with the jerk you're with. You know, like I've told my story before about how when I first, I didn't know about abuse. So I was like Googling why is my boyfriend mean? And then it led me down this path to understand like, oh, he's not mean, he's actually abusive and why he was doing those things. And this book talks about that. And now I know my podcast is about empowering women, helping women grow and helping women get out of these situations by realizing that they have the power to change their situation. But it's important for women to know what's going on, the why, the how, and how your mind's being twisted uh, into being in that situation. So that's kind of why we're talking about this book. And we're going to go chapterish by chapterish, kind of it might bleed one into the other, but I am going to kind of focus in on some key points here so you understand exactly what's going through his mind so you can prepare yourself for that. And a little bit of a background about the author is he works with abusive men to try to understand them, to try to help them. It's not, if you're coming here to look for, oh, will he change? I mean, you you just read this book. It probably not. We, you know, we say that on this podcast. No, he won't change, but you will. So don't be looking for all that shit because, yeah, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and neither is this author. So let me read to you a couple passages that stuck out at me because one of the things when we talk about toxic men is, um, you know, like the, the violent physical aspect because you think of abusive relationships and that's like the first thing in your mind. And from a lot of abuse situations, that's not the case. It's psychological. It's emotional. It's not all about, you know, black eyes and, it's hard to pinpoint that. It's hard to define like how often that's happening. Cause we say one in three women in the U S is being abused, 
but it's hard to define emotional and psychological abuse. It could very well be more. And it probably is in my experience, maybe yours too. So let me read this. It says, um, during the 1990s, the legal system became much more involved than it had been in the past in responding to domestic abuse with the result that court mandated, mandated clients started at first to trickle and then pour in the doors of our program. These men often had a much greater propensity for physical violence than our earlier clients, sometimes involving the use of weapons or vicious beatings resulting in the hospitalization of their partners. Yet we observed that in other ways, these men were generally not significantly different from our verbally abusive clients. Their attitudes and excuses tended to be the same, and they used mental cruelty side by side with their physical assaults. Equally important was that the female partners of these battering men were largely describing the same distresses in their lives that we that we were hearing about from other women who had been psychologically abused, showing us that different forms of abuse have similar destructive impacts on women. And I've always tried to define exactly what I want my niche to be. And yeah, we can talk about violence. That's horrible. I am not an expert on responding to violence. Okay. So if you're not in a safe situation, there's resources out there. I am not that resource, but I can talk a lot about emotional and psychological abuse. And it usually goes hand in hand and results in violence. Eventually, even in my past abusive relationship, it did not start out with violence. Was there violence? Yes, but it was mostly psychological and emotional abuse. And the things you experience if you don't ever get a black eye and you're still being emotionally and physically abused, this author is saying you suffer the same destructive patterns and the same destructive feelings and you get, and you get stuck in the same destructive cycle as if you were being physically abused. So there's a lot to say about emotional, psychological abuse. It totally breaks your spirit to where you feel like you're stuck and, you know, people always want to focus on the physical. I think because it's more like they think it's more impactful because you can see it. Whereas emotional, psychological, financial, those things you can't. But it's just as destructive. So I like that he points that out here. And if you are, you know, one of those people stuck in a relationship and you're like, well, he's not hitting me. Dude, you're suffering the same as a woman that is being hit. It is all the same. So don't think like, oh, well, it's not so bad. I I could have it worse. Like you could have it better too. All right. So the first chapter is called the mystery. And the mystery is about this whole persona outside perception the abuser creates is all on purpose. Like when you feel so fucking confused, that's all on purpose. So let me read to you some quotes from some women that he interviewed. One says, he's two different people. I feel like I'm living with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He really doesn't mean to hurt me. He just loses control. Everyone else thinks he's great. I don't know what it is about me that sets him off. He's fine when he's sober, but when he's drunk, watch out. I feel like he's never happy with anything I do. He scared me a few times, but he never touches the children. He's a great father. He calls me disgusting names, and then an hour later, he wants sex. I don't get it. He messes up my mind sometimes. The thing is, he really understands me. Why does he do that? 
So those are all words from women describing the conflicts in their relationship. They're women trying to figure out what the fuck is going on inside their partner's head. And I've been there and done that. And maybe you can relate. Hopefully not. But if you listen to the show, you probably can. And I remember I always used to say, like, what did I do? I don't understand. I don't understand. What did I do? Those were like my most repeated words when I was in my toxic marriage was, I don't understand. Because I didn't. I was so confused. I had no idea what was going through his head to treat me a certain way when like I thought I had done everything right. And then when you do what they want and you think, okay, I learned my lesson last time, so I'm going to do it different this time, it's still not what they want. They're going to change the script and it's all on purpose. It's all part of the mystery. So Lonnie describes a few of these cases he's worked with And then he goes back to talking about the different kinds of abuses. He says, We also know that physical assaults are just the beginning of the abuse that women may be subjected to. There are millions more women who have never been beaten, but who live with repeated verbal assaults, humiliation, sexual coercion, and other forms of psychological abuse, often accompanied by economic exploitation. The scars from mental cruelty can be as deep and long-lasting as the wounds from punches or slaps, but are often not as obvious. In fact, even among women who have experienced violence from a partner, half or more report that the man's emotional abuse is what is causing them the greatest harm. The differences between the verbally abusive man and the physical batter are not as great as many people believe. The behavior, the behavior of either style of abuser grows from the same roots, and it is driven by the same thinking Men in either category follow similar processes of change in overcoming their abusiveness. If they do change, which unfortunately is not common, boom, fucking mic drop. It is not common. There you go. This man works with abusive men and he's been doing this for decades. And look, he just fucking told you, don't have your hopes up. Get out of that shit. File for that divorce. But you gotta be safe first. Okay, where was I? And the categories tend to blur. Physically assaultive men are also verbally abusive to their partners. Mentally cruel and manipulative men tend to gradually drift into using physical intimidation as well. In this book, you'll meet abusers on a spectrum, ranging from those who never use violence to those who are terrifying. The extent of their common ground may startle you. One of the obstacles to recognizing chronic mistreatment in relationships is is that most abusive men simply don't seem like abusers. They have many good qualities, including times of kindness, warmth, and humor, especially in the early period of a relationship. Love bombing. An abuser's friends may think the world of him. He may have a successful work life and have no problems with drugs or alcohol. He may simply not fit into anyone's image of a cruel or intimidating person. So when a woman feels her relationship spinning out of control, it's unlikely to occur to her that her partner is an abuser. The symptoms of abuse are there, and the women usually see them, the escalating frequency of put-downs, early generosity turning more and more to selfishness, verbal explosions when he is irritated or when he doesn't get his way, her grievances constantly turned around on her so that everything is her own fault, his growing attitude that he knows what is good for her better than she does, and in many relationships, a mounting sense of fear or intimidation. But the woman also sees that her partner is a human being who can be caring and affectionate at times, and she loves him. She wants to figure out why he gets so upset so that she can help him break his patterns of ups and downs, right? I don't understand. I don't understand. 
What did I do, right? She gets drawn into the complexity of complexities of his inner world, trying to uncover clues, moving pieces around in an attempt to solve an elaborate puzzle. The abuser's mood changes are especially perplexing. He can be a different person from day to day or even from hour to hour. And that is by design. It's part of this mystery they are creating to fuck you up. So you don't know which way is up from down. I've heard it described as the fog. You are in the fog and that is on purpose. He goes on to explain it. He says, I came to realize through my experience with over 2,000 abusers that the abusive man wants to be a mystery. To get away with his behavior and to avoid having to face his problem, he needs to convince everyone around him and himself that his behavior makes no sense. He needs his partner to focus on everything except the real causes of his behavior. To see the abuser as he really is, it is necessary to strip away layer after layer of confusion, mixed messages, and deception. Like anyone with a serious problem, abusers work hard to keep their true selves hidden. Part of how the abuser escapes confronting himself is by convincing you that you're the cause of his behavior, or that you at least share the blame. But abuse is not a product of a bad relationship dynamic, and you cannot make things better by changing your own behavior or by attempting to manage your partner better. Abuse is a problem that lies entirely within the abuser. So there you go. He said it like this is all on purpose. He's mysterious, you know, like, and if you are in this situation, you do see the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, I'm sure. Because they can be so charismatic, right? Most of them are narcissists, not all, but they can be so charismatic and everyone loves them. Maybe they even like go to church and they're like, oh, this upstanding citizen on the outside, but behind closed doors, he's tearing you down. You know, he's being just a complete jerk. He's breaking your spirit. He might be hitting you like it is flip flop because he needs you to be confused. He needs you to not understand him. That's all part of the way he traps you into this cycle. And it also makes you blame yourself because you're like, what can I do better? I have to fix something. Let me change for him. And remember on this podcast, we don't do that shit. We change for us. Don't change thinking next time he'll react better because I'm going to do it this way. Next time he's not going to react better. All right. There might not even be a next time. I am here to advise you to get the fuck out while you can. This is not a podcast. And if you're new here, you're going to learn this. This is not a podcast where I tell you to stay, work on your marriage. No, I am your divorce buddy. All right. I am highly encouraging of divorcing a toxic man or someone you're miserable with. And maybe this sounds harsh, but maybe he's not that bad, but you're just, you know, a dead relationship. I'm here for you to tell you that there's life out there to be living. And there are people out there who are going to show you the world, but you can't sit around feeling sorry for yourself and expect things to change. Cause it won't, especially your man, he won't change. And I know that's like, Oh, blanket statement. But at this point, look around you like, I might get flat for saying this. Men are the cause of most problems. <laughs> All right. Look at the uh, violence rates. I think it was like 80% of men are the are the ones committing violent crimes. Probably even more than that. 
Like, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. You have to change for you. And that's as far as we're getting today in the book. Because I just wanted to focus on the mystery, the illusion, the confusion. And the next chapter is going to be the mythology. So like those myths of why he might not, why he is acting that way. Like, well, maybe he was brought up, you know, in this situation, or maybe a girl really broke his heart and it's going to break that shit down too. This is an amazing book. It goes step by step into getting into their minds. And then one of the um, chapters, I think it's several chapters. It's been a while since I've read this. I'm reading it along with this podcast now again, but one of them breaks down like what kind of abuser he is. And I think there's like four or five. There's one that's like the terrorist and those are just downright terrifying, you know, and maybe it's hard to believe, but this happens where they do lock you into like a closet or a room all day and give you a bucket to use uh, for the bathroom because they don't want you to escape. This is happening like all over the world. Yes, right here, probably even in your city. Uh, if you don't already know, I have worked on cases where it's that level of abuse going on. But this book here is telling you that even if you're not at that level and you're being emotionally and psychologically abused, you're going to experience the same like PTSD trauma symptoms as the woman being locked in a closet. And it's fucking awful. It all bleeds into one another. So I don't want to hear, oh, at least he's not hitting me. Or don't ever tell a friend, at least he's not hitting you. Because emotional and psychological abuse is just as fucking dangerous. And I get so tired of people like setting the bar at black eyes. Like we don't want to do that. We're not going to set the bar at a broken nose or a black eye or anything that we can see. Because that shit we can't see is going to break you down just as much. So that's all I have today. I know this episode's kind of a little bit different because it's like, oh, you know, I'm getting more, not as free thinking, but more like into the science of things, into the educational piece. And also, y'all, I'm not going to lie. I feel like shit. I feel like shit. So I am running on empty right now because my last week was so draining. And I'm like, I debated even recording this podcast if I'm going to be totally real and transparent. I was like, I I don't want to do it. I don't feel good. I've got so much stuff to do today. I've got to prep for my job tomorrow because Monday is like my biggest, my biggest day for me because I got a lot of pressure on me Mondays now to explain why my departments met their goal or did not meet their goal. And it's stressful for me. Um, so yeah, just being fully transparent, not to switch gears here, but I just am a little bit out of it today. So if this episode, I was not as bubbly and funny as normal, just forgive me. I promise to do better next time when I hopefully have my shit together, but I was like, I'm not going to let my listeners down and skip a Monday posting because I know I did that a couple weeks back when I was sick and I'm like I I just can't I'm not gonna do it I'm gonna get my shit together and start batch recording again so maybe these will flow better 
but not doing that today because I know when I need to do some self-care and some self-love. And remember, go back to that episode, like summon yourself seance Sundays or whatever. I think that was like my second or third episode. I don't remember, but I'm doing that. I am having a seance of one and checking in with me today because I need it. So this is me apologizing if this episode didn't float your boat, but at least I recorded an episode, right? (laughs) I hope you stay safe. I hope you did get something out of this episode. I hope if you're on the fence on like, should I stay? Should I go? You heard it from the man himself who works with these people. It is very uncommon for them to change, but you're going to hear it from me. I don't, I don't think they change. So don't, don't stay, but be safe. Form a plan. Go back, listen, listen to previous podcast episodes where I talk about all that. Read the book, read my book. You're not stuck. Oh my gosh, that's going to be so helpful for you because on this podcast, we, again, I know I say it a million times, we do not focus on if he will change. We focus on we need to change so we can get out and enjoy the other side. It is amazing. And I also, I talk about this all the time. There are men out there who are not like this. There are men out there who actually are equal partners. And it is freaking exhilarating, y'all. I just, I had a date night last night with my husband. And we've been together for four years now. Married for, coming up on two. And we're still in the honeymoon phase. I mean, we hardly ever, ever, ever have arguments. And the other day... I found out something he was working on was like 365 things I love about you. So I could have one for every day. He's got a list going, y'all. Like, what the fuck? What kind of man does that? You can have that. So if you are stuck with a fuddy-duddy or someone who's not going to put in the effort or just a plain asshole, don't do that to yourself. You can truly find a passionate, fun, loving man or woman whatever you want out there, or you don't just, you don't even have to have that. If you want to just be alone, that's okay too. Cause that's way better than being with a toxic partner, whether they are emotionally, physically, psychologically, financially abusive, or just a bore, (laughs) a stick in the mud. I know, right? That sounds mean like, Oh, you shouldn't say divorce your stick in the mud husband. I mean, I am kind of saying that. I was going to say, no, I'm not saying that. I am kind of saying that because I believe you are worth life. I believe you are worth finding out for yourself that the short time you have on earth can be absolutely thrilling. You can be having your best life ever. If you stop wondering, like, should I stay or should I go? Whatever decision you make, you're going to have to live with. And I'm just a living testimony of saying, hey, it is possible to go and like not be, oh, I can't survive without this person to holy shit. I had missed out on so much already. So don't don't do that. I talked about that in the last episode. Like, man, I had missed out on about 20 ish years of my life. And I can't get that back. Don't be like me. Life 
is out there and it's waiting for you. So stay safe. That's all I have. I promise next episode, I will be back to bubbly self. I hope we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what um, I have to explain tomorrow in my meetings. Fingers crossed. It's not too stressful and too much pressure for me. I'm learning. I'm learning and I'm growing, but yeah. I'll see you next time, and we're going to discuss those myths on the bullshit you tell yourself on why he's treating you that way. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please leave a rating, a review, and if you know anyone who also might love the show or who could benefit from this information, please be sure to share it and subscribe. The more we get this out to people, the more people we can help. And I truly believe there's so many women who need to hear these words because so many women are feeling stuck. Also, if you're looking for me, you can usually find me on the gram at author Kat Adams and be sure to head over to my website and that's Kat Adams, Adams with a double D's.com. Subscribe to my newsletter for the latest information Also, when you subscribe, you're going to get a free novella. And just be forewarned, my raunchy rom-com is as dirty as my mouth. So if that's your thing, go for it. It's super hilarious. But thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, please stay safe and I'll see you on the other side. 